Have you ever felt flat or wearisome? Have there been times when life has hit you either unfairly or accidentally and you felt flattened or just plain tired and worn out? In his novel, The Fall, Nobel laureate Albert Camus uses the image of the little ease to describe a physical imprisonment. As you hear the description, consider the human spirit as well. To be sure, you are not familiar with the dungeon cell that was called the Little Ease in the Middle Ages. In general, one was forgotten there for life. That cell was distinguished from others by its ingenious dimensions. It was not high enough to stand up in, nor yet wide enough to lie down. One had to take on an awkward manner and live on the diagonal. Sleep was a collapse and waking a squatting. Every day through the unchanging restriction that stiffened his body, the condemned man learned that he was guilty and that freedom consists in stretching joyously. How is it possible in a world where so many feel flattened and so many are constricted to ever, ever stretch joyously. Well, we've been journeying these past fall Sundays, engaging the hearts returning, and today we are dealing with healing and that much-abused word, salvation, all in the realm of God's touching us with blessing. Are you saved today? Are you saved? That is the repetitive question asked by many who make up the religious rite, which assumes that they have it and we need it. But we know how deep down within that the answer to that existential dilemma of constriction is not found in a corresponding spiritual or religious constriction, such as needing to have a singular stellar moment when you were saved, might impose. No, we do not need to buy into such limited categories of awareness. Friends, ours is not a faith which asks us to check our minds at the door and have an unthinking and unquestioning approach to our relationship with God. Salvation is not something which is tight and narrow and easily definable. The Hebrew people of old knew something about being saved, but that was only possible because they first knew what it was to be in captivity. And even in the midst of their captivity, they were to make the most of things, trusting that at some time in the future, God would restore their freedom. In Psalm 66, beginning at verse 1, we read, Make a joyful noise to God, all the earth. Sing the glory of God's name. Give to him glorious praise. Say to God, how awesome are your deeds. God turned the sea into dry land. They passed through the river on foot. Bless our God, O peoples. Let the sound of God's praise be heard, who has kept us among the living and has not let our feet slip. For you, O God, have tested us. You have tried us as silver is tried. We went through fire 
and through water, yet you have brought us out to a spacious place. The children of Israel knew what it was to be constricted, and they knew what it was to be in a spacious place. This, then, is an awesome truth. For the Hebrew word for salvation is Yeshua, which literally means to be brought to a wide space. When the children of Israel first entered the promised land, the valleys were all they could conquer. And the result was a feeling of constriction because you never knew when an enemy might attack from the higher ground. But when the higher ground was gained, the feeling was that of spaciousness. God has brought us out to a spacious place. Yeshua, we are saved. A college student was diagnosed with a very serious cancer prior to her graduation, and she did better than her doctors expected. And the following is a poem she wrote about how healing happens. I've been through trial, I've been through pain, but I'm still here to see the rain. I haven't changed, and I'm not the same, but I'm still here to see the rain. I remember the past with all its new places. I can still hear the laughs. I can still see the faces. So much is gone, so much remains. There's a new reason to smile in each new day. More has been given than taken away. So many times I cry for the way things used to be. I may be different outside, but inside, I'm still me. I love the same things. I have the same dreams. I don't understand what all this means. I used to live for music and bars, all of the road trips with friends in the car. Now I watch for sunrises and stars. Little things mean so much more when I'm taking roads I've never been down before. I treasure each moment as much as the next. I notice that small things seem much more complex. When I open my eyes, I give thanks for the day. I give thanks again as the light fades away. God's ways aren't meant for us to understand. I put all my trust into an unseen hand. Thank you for the people in my life every day. They make it shine in their own special way. I'm not afraid, because I know I'm never alone, and I know someday we'll all be back home. There's no way I can tell how much time will remain, but right now, I'm still here to see the rain. Now, no doubt, she didn't live in California, but she knew something about the heart's returning and blessings for the journey. In the constriction of her cancer, she knew a Wideness of spirit within that made an awesome difference. So let's turn to another story of healing. And this one, of course, comes from our New Testament lesson. The Bible is filled with faith journeys. And that is what life is, a journey. Abraham started out from Ur of Chaldees to a land he would never know. For us, he is the prototype of the sojourner of faith. And, and Moses walked through the wilderness to a land promised but never seen, yet because he personally never arrived doesn't mean he failed. 
He was blessed because he understood the journey and knew that God was in control. Faith comes in the traveling. Those ten lepers who came to Jesus and asked him to heal them. Do you remember the sequence of what happened? Jesus told them to go, show yourselves to the priest. And when they were on their way, they were healed. Blessings for the journey come in different ways for each of us at different times in our lives. Jesus was between Galilee and Samaria when he was approached by the lepers. They were outcasts and could not get any closer than 50 yards to a normal person. Think of how constricted and cut off they must have felt. The text tells us that at least one of the ten was a Samaritan. And remember, to Jews, a Samaritan was one with whom you did not associate. But notice here that these ten people were thrown together because of a common tragedy. And in the strangest of ways, racial differences had melted away for them. Is that not a strange and wonderful blessing for them before they are blessed by a physical healing? And what about us? For even in the midst of our trials, testings, and tragedies, there are moments of blessing. If we will only but open our eyes. But we have to want to be healed. The lepers said, Jesus, have mercy on us. And how many times have we not said this when we could have or should have? And as they were going, the lepers were healed and brought out to a spacious place. Think of their reconnecting with their families and friends after who knows how long of being ostracized and finally able to being get on with their lives. And I think of us today in the LGBTQ community and how far we have come and yet how far we have to go, not to mention the prospects of going backward. Jesus has a way of healing in the midst of the most constricted areas of our souls. No matter how much we feel cut off from others, ourselves and God, no matter how out of it we feel, no matter how flattened by life we feel, Jesus is there, ready to offer each and every one of us a blessing for the journey. A big part of the blessing is connected to our growing in faith and our willingness to trust in God no matter what. One leper, the Samaritan, returned to Jesus and gave his gratitude for the blessing. And Jesus said to him, Go on your way. Go on your journey. Your faith has made you well. He was already blessed with the physical healing. But now, even more deeply, Jesus is saying that it is his faith that makes him well. To be well 
in the sense Jesus meant was to be more than free from disease. It was to know a right relationship with God filled with praise and gratitude. Life is life, and faith, or lack thereof, is our response. Life may flatten us or box us in with a confining constriction. And as the psalmist says, You, O God, have tested us and you have tried us as silver. We went through fire and water, yet you have brought us out to a spacious place. Blessings for the journey come in different ways for each of us at different times in our lives. But our attitude and what we do with them is our choice. Gratitude is a key attitude if we are to be made well. Ingratitude is one of the worst mistakes we can make. In putting this sermon together, and particularly these thoughts on gratitude versus ingratitude, I saw the words on the page and realized if we just put a space between the N and G in ingratitude, we respond in gratitude with grateful hearts. So, in disease, gratitude. In healing, gratitude. In despair, gratitude. In constriction, gratitude. In spaciousness, gratitude. An anonymous poem. Count your blessings instead of your crosses. Count your gains instead of your losses. Count your joys instead of your woes. Count your friends instead of your foes. Count your smiles instead of your tears. Count your courage instead of your fears. Count your full years instead of your lean. Count your kind deeds instead of your mean. Count your health instead of your wealth. Count on God instead of yourself. Today concludes our sermon series, The Hearts Returning. May our hearts return and return in gratitude to God. For in graciousness and spaciousness, God opens the rest of our lives up to us by giving blessings for the journey. Victor Frankel, a Viennese psychiatrist, the father of what is called logotherapy in his book, Man's Search for Meaning, tells of his inner response when the Allied troops liberated him from a Nazi death camp. Listen to him as he discovers the personal meaning of this literal salvation experience in his life. It has a wider scope than simply that experience. One day, a few days after the liberation, I walked through the country, past flowering meadows, for miles and miles toward the market town near the camp. Larks rose to the sky, and I could hear their joyous song. There was no one to see for miles around. There was nothing but the wide earth and the sky and the lark's jubilation and the freedom of space. 
I stopped. I looked around and up to the sky. And then I went down on my knees. At that moment, there was very little I knew of myself or of the world. I had but one sentence in mind, always the same. I called to the Lord from my narrow prison, and he answered me with the freedom of space. Praise and thanks be to the one who gives us blessings for the journey. Amen.